and it was great running into you and obviously want to get into the new album and tour and talk Talica and, and, and that whole fr- thing Friday night. But let's get into the album to start with, man. Seas of Oblivion coming out into September or September 20th. And no doubt the pandemic screwed up every band's plans over the past couple of years. You had some right. lineup changes, but talk to me. When did you start putting this album together? When did you initially start working on it? Oh, man, we were working on it for even before Rex left the group. We were working on songs for this. We actually went in the studio. We went into a place called Stag Street and we tracked like a handful of songs for what we thought, you know, we were going to put out at the time. And of course, there was a lot of changes that went went down in between Rex doing his solo record and deciding to leave. But then uh, some of those songs made the record, you know, and uh-huh. we continued to write while we were down and basically just stacked up a bunch of material. So we had a lot to choose from when we, when it came time to do this. And uh, I was grateful for that. So, and it's, it's our longest CD, it's 15 tracks. So it's definitely the, the, you know, as far as duration, it's the longest one we've done so far. And uh, yeah, we're super proud of it, man. September 20th, super stoked, man. It's going to be great. How quickly did you uh, get Matt Snell involved or was there some time? Did you think for a minute there once Rex left, like, is that it? Or was it the mission to always continue on? Well, I think the Dewey and I wanted to continue. You know, I think we both knew that. Uh, it was a matter of, you know, basically finding the right guy who was going to be a good fit, not just, you know, on the instrument, but also as a hang, as a dude, you know, because <laughs> you know how it is, dude. I mean, you got to live with somebody, you know, yeah. you got to be bros. And, and Matt is that guy. I mean, he's totally, you know, he jokes around and has a blast when we hang out together. Just, you know, it, it's like, it's like he was always there. So it's a really good fit and it, it feels really good. And he brings a lot to the table, you know, I mean, not just the fact that he was the original five finger death punch bass player, but also that he's got a lot of business connections and business acumen. He really knows what he's doing. And that helps a lot when somebody can, you know, say, oh, I know a guy or, hey, let me make that phone call or send this email. I mean, that really helps us out because, as you know, I mean, it's turned into kind of a DIY business nowadays. and. So, you know, you got to kind of cross your own T's and dot your own I's. And so Matt's helping us do that. We're super grateful for it, you know, honestly. So uh, every little bit helps and and we're just going to keep pushing. Yeah, it's an interesting point. You always think it's like a fan, like, oh, the guy with the most talent gets the gig. But it's so much about those other 22 hours out of the day and interacting with them and how they are as a human. And then, like you said, connecting dots and all the other intangibles. Exactly. Yeah. I think Alice Cooper said the hour on stage is free. It's the other 23 that you pay for. (laughs) Truer words were never spoken because there's just so much legwork involved, especially nowadays. Yeah. But you know what? It's a labor of love at the end of the day. I'm not going to stop doing it. You know, Dewey and I, we talked at length about this not too long ago. And it's like, as long as we can still do it, we're going to do it. You know, why not? You know, if if we can get by with what we're doing, then, and if people like it, that's the thing, man. Cause we hear from the fans all the time that they love it. They want more. They're all after us to do this stuff. And, and man, you know, it's, it's really the kind of the, the kick in the pants that you need to, to keep going sometimes when you get down in the dumps about it or something. But uh, when you hear somebody all positive about your music and how it really helped them through some tough times and stuff like that, it's like, Oh man, you know, we're doing something positive here. You know, we're having a positive effect and, you know, that's that's what we're after, you know, is making, making people happy. Well, the, the first batch of tunes sound amazing. I uh, love what I'm hearing. You, <laughs> playing with fire before the devil, before the devil knows. And you can't kill me, California. I love that. You guys are SoCal based band. And, and that made me laugh out loud just reading the title and a great tune as well. Thanks, man. Yeah. You know, it has 
when you live here, you get a really good taste of it. And it's, it's funny, you know, like we, we see it firsthand, but I've got buddies in the Midwest, you know, they're like, Oh yeah. Telling me stories that they've heard about either read and, you know, the news or listening to channels that they're listening to. And so it's, it's actually a little more pervasive than I thought, you know, when we put that song together, I thought, I don't know if anybody's going to get this outside the border, you know, but they do, they do. It's kind of resonating with a lot of people. Yeah, it's funny talking to family members and stuff outside the state and they're like, oh, my God, it's earthquakes every week and riots and everything else. <laughs> it gets a little blown out, but, you know, a lot of that stuff's actually true. So, yeah, we pieced it together in a song I think a lot of people can identify with because it's really not just what's happening in California. A lot of what's happening here is happening everywhere now. Yeah. So, you know, it, it kind of, you know, crosses all those borders and and people can identify with it. So did you guys go out to Vegas to record with Chris Collier or, or did he come out here? Well, we tracked the drums at Clear Lake in Burbank uh, and it's a great studio, fantastic studio for drums, especially. And uh, we basically tracked the rest of the stuff piecemeal here and there. So Matt's got a studio up at his place in Reno. I've got a studio here at my place. So I did my guitars. Matt did his bass. And then we went out to Chris's place out in Vegas and tracked all the vocals. So that was the final piece of the puzzle and we figured that out. It took a long time to get all this together. Truthfully, it was people's schedules and a lot of the stuff that was going on at the time that just got in the way, you know, like it, it was just really difficult to make it all happen. But we decided when we were in the process that it was more of a, a matter of being happy with it at the end of the ride than hurrying it up and trying to just put it out there. Right. You know, we put a lot of time and energy into this already. So why not just take our time, do it right, and make sure it's something that we're happy with when we put it out. And we couldn't be happier with it. Actually, I think it's our best record. Certainly sonically, it's our, our best record. Chris Collier, I mean, him having control of the knobs from the from the outset had a huge impact because with our other records, I mean, we start with our first record, we started with a guy who halfway through the process got fired and then we had to go to somebody else to get it mixed. Oh, and wow. the guy who we went to was like, I don't know if I can save it. I mean, it was, it was a mess, you know, like we were dealing with things like that, you know, on a, we've dealt with things like that before. And so not having to deal with that really made a huge difference and having a guy that knew from start to finish what his vision of it was, also had a huge impact on how it sounds sonically now that it's complete. Yeah, sounds sounds amazing. You know, one other topic I did want to get into you, speaking of the band, uh, it's been a while now. I mean, uh, Johnny Kelly's been in the band for a minute, but man, great drummer, great pocket drummer, and kind of the exact opposite of Vinny. Was it a big transition going from Vinny, who never plays the same song the same way twice, to Johnny Kelly, who's more of a pocket guy? Well, I don't know if they're that far apart. I mean, they're both, you know, New York South type guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot to be said for that that vibe. But uh, but Johnny's a great guy and a great pocket player, like you say. He knows how to push and pull. He knows how to, to write for the song, to work for, you know, what the end result is going to wind up being. And he's a total professional. I mean, I don't know how many songs. We were in there for... I don't know if it was like two or three days and he did like 18 songs or we did wow. a whole, I mean, he just was throwing down in there, just a juggernaut. It was amazing really. Yeah. And just great stuff came out of it. So, you know, yeah, I don't think, I mean, Vinny is a different guy, you know, he's, he, he does play 
you know, he's got that explosive kind of anything that he just throws in, you know, and sometimes I remember being on tour and I'd look back, I'd be like, what the hell is that? It was really <laughs> some cool play. And I'd be like, whoa, that wasn't on the record, you know, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, you know, like uh, it's just two, two different uh, flavors of the same ice cream, kind of, if you want to put it that way, because both those guys are outstanding drummers in their own right. Yeah. And so, you know, finding a way to fit in with the music that, that we're putting together, that Dewey and I are putting together is, is basically the key to, to finding the end result that we're after. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing him play along with you guys. We've got a tour coming through SoCal September 21st at the Whiskey and then uh, September 23rd at Stages in Santa Ana and Orange County. Are you bringing in any support with you or just local or? It's going to be just local stuff. As far as I know, uh, we're just basically, these are going to be CD release parties. So we're going to be having some giveaways. We're going oh, to cool. be, we'll have some merch that's exclusive to these live performances that uh, is not available online. That's that we only sell at the live shows. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're also doing vamped in Vegas on that Friday. So it's uh, I think that's the 22nd. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be throwing down. It's going to be the first shows in a long time. So we're really looking forward to getting out there and just, you know, playing these songs. There's so much fun to play the old stuff and some of the new stuff that we've never played before. I think we've got like four new songs in the set. And I think we've only played one of them live before. So it's going to be a new adventure. You know, hopefully we can ride that bull to the end of the, you know, timer and see if we can stay on. <laughs> it's going to be fun, though. We've had a lot of fun. Dewey and I have been getting together a little bit, just kind of making sure. Because when we wrote this stuff, we kind of did it piecemeal, like I said. Mm -hmm. So we had never actually played the song and sang the song together in a room before right. until just a few weeks ago or something. And I was like, oh, can we do this or not? You know, and it was, I'll be honest, it was a little bit of a struggle at first. I was like, oh, that part doesn't, you know, when you play the guitar part, you don't think you're going to have to sing over it until you have to sing over it. And it's like, oh, those are completely different rhythms. Okay, let's figure this out. But uh, but yeah, so it's it's going to be a lot of fun and we're super stoked. I mean, I know a ton of people are coming out to the show. It's been a long time since we played. Yeah. So a lot of people are really excited about seeing live, including me. So it's going to be a good time. Yeah. And you, I think you answered my question. So four new songs in the set. You guys are doing. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think we will be doing we'll be doing all of the let's see. I think all the singles that we put out so far will be in the set beautiful uh, well it might be five there might be one more actually because we've got another single coming out here right. on the 13th of september yeah we've got another song coming out it's called pharmaceutical sunshine and it's a song that's about well it's kind of near and dear to us a little bit because we've had personal experiences with this stuff you know with our own families guys in the band and stuff but uh it's about the opioid epidemic and what's yeah. going on with that right now i mean it's it's such an unfortunate reality. I mean, this horrible undercurrent, you know, that's kind of taken over and, you know, the, the awareness just isn't there. I mean, it's like a, I read some statistics. It's like 130 people die a day from this stuff. Crazy. That's like a 737 going down every day. <laughs> hear about it. Right. Yeah. So what's going on there? I mean, so we felt like we kind of needed to shine a light on that and, and, you know, at least make it clear to people like, Hey man, this is, this is a horrible pitfall. You could really get, you know, you could get hurt with this stuff. I've watched people be basically taken over by this yeah. stuff. And it's just, it's heartbreaking, you yeah. know, to watch people who you care about 
you know, fall victim to this this horrible situation. So uh, but that's what pharmaceutical sunshine is all about. I mean, it's kind of somebody reaching for a little pharmaceutical sunshine when they're down in the dumps and feel like they can't get out. But the thing is, and the irony is that the more you reach for it, the tighter your spiral gets and it just gets worse from there. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a really good song. I hope that people will enjoy it and will identify with it, you know, and see where we're coming from with that. Because, uh, yeah, it's it's an important issue needs addressing. Yeah. Big, 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 bad epidemic. I've had friends that I've lost to it or, or you know, and that's the, that's a terrible thing. It's all under the guise of being medicine, you know, and, and then it has right. these adverse effects. So people think they're doing the right thing. I'm taking the medicine that I'm supposed to, but just too much of it. Wait right. I mean, I'm just writing prescriptions like they're selling magazine subscriptions. You yeah. know, it's like, man, that stuff is just dangerous. It's opioids are it's it's yeah it's it's really dangerous and people really need to know what they're getting themselves into on the front side before they get too deep into it and can't get out on the backside. Yeah. and that's the scariest part of it for sure well one one fun note pharmaceutical sunshine great video i'm curious what desert you guys were riding through when making that one and then playing it was el mirage dry lake bed ah out uh it's up sort of near mojave area mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it's actually super cool it's super flat and uh you know like hard packed sand they do like uh land speed record you know tests and stuff out there oh, wow. where you can drive straight in a you know for me you know, to get up to 200 300 miles an hour or whatever you know because it's just straight for as far as the eye can see but but yeah, we had our director, Vicente Cordero, you know, was great, picked out that spot. And uh, <laughs> it was a little, it was, there were some logistics involved, you know, when you're doing some of this stuff on your own, like trailering Harleys out into the middle of the <laughs> desert and, you know, having to, you know, pull a bunch of gear and all that stuff. But we made it happen. And it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I hope people will dig that video. It was, it turned out really well, and I'm stoked to be able to share that here coming up on the 13th. Yeah, that was that's what I was thinking about trucking out all those amps and stuff in the middle of the desert. You know, all the Marshall <laughs> stacks and everything in the video. It was cool. Yeah, oh, man. yeah, we had a blast doing it though. It was fun. We had an easy up and all hung out, and you know, had some food and drinks, and it was a great time. Had a great day for sure. Cool that everyone's a rider too. Everyone's got motorcycles and rides. Yes, you well, yes and no. It's funny. John Johnny, we rented him a bike. Okay. And uh and the minute he got home, he was like, It's all your guy's fault. And he sends us a picture of his brand new Harley he just bought. <laughs> <laughs> so he got bit by the bug pretty good. I think that's him riding off in the distance in the end of the video because he was so into riding. He's like, I'm just gonna go see how fast this thing will go. <laughs> so yeah, he he got bit and we had a really good time riding together. It was a lot of fun. Love it, Morgan. Just want to hit you with the last couple of things. We had kind of touched on it uh, earlier about Rex leaving the band, but obviously still friends with him. Saw him on Friday night when I ran into you at the big Metallica show. And, you know, I was watching watching Pantera play and, and obviously so much made rightfully about the brothers and then Phil is there. But I feel like Rex is criminally underrated. I mean, his bass, his tone in that band is so important and it kind of gets under underlooked a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. Rex, you know, it's it's interesting. You're totally right about that. He's a total unsung hero in that band. And when he was playing with us, like we would sit, you know, upstairs in, in my studio and just be writing stuff. And I'd be like, you know, here, you want to try this? I'd play him a demo for the first time. And uh, he'd be like, ah, just let it roll. Let's see what happens. And he'd nail a bass line with all these cool walking lines and, and riffs in there. 
And he's just like, I don't know. What do you think? And I was like, perfect. I think it's done. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that stuff just pours out of his fingers. He's been doing it so long that he's just a total professional on every level. So, you know, it was, it was so much fun working with the guy and getting to hang with the guy. I mean, truthfully, we were on the road for a long time. So, you know, we got to know each other real well and he's a cool cat, you know, deep down, really cool cat. And, I'm glad I could still call him a friend after all these years. And I'm super happy for him to be able to do what he's doing now, you know, because it's so clear watching him Friday. I was just like, man, look at this guy. He's in his element. This is where he belongs. And that's, you you can't help, but your heart be happy for your friend when you see that happen. So God bless him. And man, I hope it keeps going for a long time. Yeah. I mean, as much as the the brothers are missing, it, it's, you know, Phil and Rex have every right to, to be out there and, and playing that music for the next generation. I mean, clearly people want to see it and hear it. And that's what, what I got left with. It was great to see him on that Metallica show, but now I need a headline. I need a full Pantera show. Yeah. Yeah. Me too, dude. I'm looking forward to it as well. Yeah. And I think the other thing that people kind of maybe overlook is the fact that, you know, Zach doing it is kind of like a bonus as far as guitar players are concerned, because, you know, you get to see Zach's take of dime stuff, which when would you ever get the chance to see that? I mean, that's priceless just in itself. So speaking from a guitar player's perspective, but man, you know, I really, really enjoyed what I saw Friday night and what I've seen in the videos. I mean, just crushing it. I, speaking of Zach, I was really shocked. I expected more squeals and him kind of more adding his Zachness to it, but it felt like he really kind of stuck to the song. Like he didn't venture off too far. Nah, clearly being respectful, you know, yeah. I mean, how they were bros, you know, I, I'm sure he feels an obligation to do that sort of thing, but you know, what, whatever, whatever he's doing is amazing though, because, you know, watching that, I didn't feel like I was missing something. I didn't feel like right. it was, you know, I felt like it was every bit what people pay for when they're going to see that band. So yeah. it was really, really a great experience. Yeah. And Charlie, of course, but I mean, Oh, yeah, he's an amazing drummer. It's a great band. And see, here's the thing. People, they get hung up on the name or whatever. But at the end of the day, it is a fantastic band. Those guys are so (laughs) talented. So, you know, you're going to get your money's worth. Those guys can't make a mistake. You know what I'm saying? It's just not in their nature. Right. I mean, and when they make a mistake, it's so beautiful. You probably want to put it on a record. You know what I'm saying? It's that kind of thing. It's a Van Halen mistake. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, Eddie screwed up on the record. Listen, how great that is. You know, (laughs) it's so perfect. They they left it, you know. So that's that's what I'm a fan. And, you know, speaking of that, we're an old school radio station. We do mandatory Metallica. So we got to talk a little Metallica, too, as well incredible show i don't think any other band can do that go into a town play two different nights two different sets two different opening bands and have the success that they did and an incredible set list i i went to both nights and didn't feel like i missed anything like it oh, incredible that's awesome show. that's awesome yeah they're a great band it, it was really it was the first experience i've had with the whole in the round racetrack stage deal <laughs> which was really something to see you know yeah. and I, was like, I don't know how this is going to really work out but they made it work out in a way i couldn't have even really expected with all the video screens on the towers and yeah the was just off the chain and <laughs> hell beach balls dropping down i was like wow this is really quite the production and you know and they were on point they played their asses off i mean it was fantastic so you know at the end of the day it, it was really a great show i mean like i've never been to a stadium show like that before you know like stadium shows that i've seen or things like that always had the stage on the end you right. know what i mean it was never in the center the way this was set up so 
yeah, a new experience, but really cool. You know, I really enjoyed it. I would go see that again in a minute. Oh, yeah. And I, I just read that they sold 80,000 tickets. There's 80,000 people there on Friday night. New record for SoFi Stadium. That's amazing, right? Yeah, I was looking around. That is a huge stadium. It was my first time there as well. And so I was like, wow, look at all these people. Yeah. Old David Rowe, look at all the people <laughs> here tonight. It was amazing, man. I was so stoked, though, because, you know, our genre, sometimes it kind of gets a bad rap. Like, oh, you know, metal's dying out or right. whatever. But I'm looking around there and I'm like, this ain't dying out. Somebody's wanting to hear this stuff. And they're right here next to me all the way around this whole stadium. So, yeah, there's something there. And that that warms my heart because I know those people want to hear the kind of stuff that we're doing. And hopefully they'll pick up our record on September 20th. Last thing I got for you, Mark. Uh, speaking of mandatory Metallica, I've been having this debate this year. I want to get your opinion on it. My buddy and I have been debating the best Metallica album, anticipating, anticipating the show coming up and everything. And so we've had this debate all year. My buddy, his pick is Ride the Lightning, my pick for the greatest Metallica album, Master of Puppets. Out of those two, which is your favorite? I got to go with Master Puppets, man. Dude, I, I, I'll be honest. I wasn't a giant Metallica fan back then, uh, but I did see that tour. And a buddy of mine, Armored Saint, was opening up. And uh, I lived in Omaha at the time. And we went to see him at Peony Park Ballroom. And uh, I only went, really, because my buddy was like, come on, it's Armored Saint. You can't miss it. And I was like, yeah, I can't miss that. <laughs> so I went. I had never seen Metallica before. I go out there and I'm like, you know, I watch Armored saying Dave Pritchard, you know, God rest his soul was amazing. And they uh, so they get done and Metallica comes out and I got my arms crossed. I'm all like, all right, let's see, you know what these guys can do. And they proceeded to kick my ass. I mean, <laughs> I never got my ass beat like that by a PA system before in my life. It was something to, I've still fucking the hair standing up on my arm right now talking about it that's how intense it was and so yeah i became a fan immediately and that became my favorite record at that time you know i just got so into it and uh yeah and cliff just just killing it just crushing they were amazing so tight and that's i think what made the pa explode so hard was the <laughs> fact that those guys were so brutally tight that they could literally kick your chest in you know like i felt like wow somebody is actually physically beating me in the chest <laughs> that's what it felt like and that was the best feeling i'd ever felt i was like this is what it's all about check these guys out you know yeah. so yeah i've been a fan ever since and i'm sure i'll always will be so amazing and it was great seeing them friday i mean different a different vibe completely you know because you gotta i mean like how the fact that they can even entertain that many people at one time is super impressive. Yeah. But the video content they had, all that stuff that they did, it's it's just really, you know, like fuel. They had those pistons, all those pistons going. And I mean, there's just so much cool stuff going on. It's it's a hell of a spectacle. So, man, hats off to them. That's just fantastic. And, and speaking of that record, I mean, they played Orion, which was incredible. You never hear the instrumental songs played live. And then to close right. out the show with Master of Puppets, uh, just just perfect. And, you know, speaking of Armored Saint, before I ran into you, I ran into John Bush and Joey Vera of Armored Saint that night at the nice. show. And Love so, those guys. Yeah, I talked to them for a few. God, John Bush, what a voice, man. It's no wonder Metallic asked him to sing for him. Exactly right. Totally underrated. That's um, he's got one of the best voices in rock and roll. That's for sure. Yeah, I'd hear that guy sing the phone book. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last thing, Mark. Last 
thing. Got to pick a tune for mandatory Metallica. What's your favorite Metallica tune? What tune can we play for you? Uh, you know, there's a track, uh, spit out the bone. Yeah. I love that song. I just recently, right before the show was going through all my old Metallica and listening to some of the stuff that I really didn't, uh, drill down as hard on. And that was one of the tunes that stuck out to me. I was like, now that is a killer song, you know, and I never really gave it its due. So yeah, that's the one I'm going to pick. Love it. That's bone. Love that one <laughs> off of uh hardwired. The yes. second to last album. Yeah. Closing track. Yeah. Beautiful. Mark. Thank you so much for the time. Great to see you again. And I hope, you too. I, I hope to be out there at the uh, Santa Ana show. Okay, cool, dude. I'll be looking for you, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, Mike. Of course. Thanks for the time, Mark. See you soon. Yep. See you. Bye-bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety. Available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.